Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Greetings, uh, podcast listeners here, Living Orthodoxy podcast listeners. Uh, I guess it's been a little bit of a, a little bit of time since we've had uh, an interview guest on. Uh, I'm alone here today. This is Justin. Usually have my sidekick Subdeacon David with me, but we're uh, we're going to try to do it uh, with just me here. I have a special guest with me today, Father Dennis Rhodes. Greetings, Father. Thank you. Your blessing. May the Lord God bless. Uh, you have been with us for how long? I think since the summer, this past summer? No, actually since October. Okay, since October. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And we have a special, you have a special event here coming up or a special occasion in your life. Yeah. Uh, um, on Sunday, the 31st of March, um, I will celebrate 40 years of priesthood. Oh, very good. Very good. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. That's quite a quite a milestone. I can't believe it's happening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know who suggested it, but someone said, hey, it would, this would be a great opportunity to have I a... Was, I think it was Father Noah. Father Noah, okay. <laughs> Sit down and have a chat with you. Uh, and this would provide an opportunity for people in the parish to get to know you a little better and hear a bit of your story and celebrate this uh, this milestone in, in your life with you. So I, I wanted to just open it up and, you know, is there uh, your life story, some high points or where you come from? And um, um, Well, um, I guess... Background. You know, how did I get here? Um, yeah. I was uh, born into a Protestant family, Episcopalian, mm. um, and... Uh, but discovered the Orthodox Church in college. Uh, I had never even heard of such a thing um, until, um, uh, well, uh, backing up a little from that, when I was in, I, I don't, I've always had a, a love of languages. Mm. Um, and the, uh, you know, kind of strange young high school kid, I don't know, maybe a sophomore. Um, yeah, I was kind of a nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably still am. Um, but I decided that I was going to, you know, I had, um, I studied Spanish in middle school and mm. French in high school. And, um, and I was, you know, all right, let's try something different. And uh, I went to the local, what passed as a bookstore in Vacaville, California oh, in yeah. 1963. No, no, 64, I guess, 64, 65, um, and, uh, which was the bus stop in Vacaville, California, um, and was looking at what they had in terms of books about learning a foreign language. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I wanted a different alphabet or something, you know, Arabic, yeah. you know, I, you know, I had something all these more, dreams, more exotic you know, than... left to right, right yeah, to left, yeah. up to down, I don't know if they're <laughs> either right down to up, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I... I just, I don't know why. Uh, I still do not understand why. But the one that really grabbed me was the book on Russian. Yeah. Um, so I picked up this little book and bought it and went home and started studying Russian on my own. Hmm. Um, and, you know, so it was, it was, it was fun, you know. I, but when I got to college, um, I had intended to major in geology. I had a great geology teacher in high school, and you know he kind of inspired me. So I was going to go major in geology, um, and I started to look at the class schedules and realized that geology one and Russian one were being offered at the same time. 
Guess which one I took? Uh, Russian. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, that which actually wound up being my major. Oh. I majored in Russian in college, um, which was kind of dangerous in the in the sixties. Yeah, I could, yeah, um, I could see that. You know, the the the, the kind of the standard joke was that. Uh, Pessimists were studying Chinese and optimists were studying Russian. Um, <laughs> you know, height of the Cold War. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so I started studying Russian. Um, and uh, uh, there was another student whom I had met at church camp, summer, summer camp, um, in the, you know, the Episcopal church camp that we okay. went to. And he said, Dennis, you got to come with me. Yeah, well, uh, there's, these, there's this church that, uh, you know, I think you'll, I think you'll like it. Hmm. We were both Episcopalian, both thinking of possibly studying for the priesthood. I didn't know what okay. I was going to do at that point. And so I went. Uh, it was a little church in a town that was then called Bright. I think it's now West Sacramento. And uh, there was a bishop serving, and it began the process. Hmm. You know, I just loved it. You didn't know whether you were in heaven or, well, that's uh, or kind on of earth. It. Yeah, right? it's just I, I, I don't mm-hmm. remember. All I remember was, I mean, I still remember that day. That's one of the few memories I have of of you know, of those days. Um, so, it was it was a kind of a strange situation because the two of us, you know, Episcopalian, interested in the Orthodox Church. My my friend, his name was David. Um, was planning on converting to orthodox uh, to orthodoxy, and so I made it my goal to talk him out of it. Hmm. Yeah, I did, oh. but I wound up becoming orthodox myself. Yeah, yeah he he eventually was ordained uh, an Episcopal priest. Uh, died many years ago, but uh, hmm. you know, I succeeded, uh, and he succeeded. He talked me into it in a sense, and I talked him out of it. Yeah. Um, so in. Uh, Graduated from college uh, in 1970, and by 1972, I was Orthodox. Okay. Took me a while to get around to it. I went to uh, an Episcopalian seminary for a year. Was not particularly happy. Took a leave of absence. Was the, the seminary was Neshota House in, in Wisconsin. Okay. So and the sense of calling to the priesthood was... It was there. Early on. It was there. And I don't know where that came from. It just was there. Yeah. You know... But, uh, you know, at one point I had been assigned by the seminary. I took a leave of absence from Neshota House. And they assigned me to a priest in San Francisco um, to be kind of my guide and uh, mentor. It was supposed to be a year of, of leave of, of absence. And uh, I figured, well, you know, it's time to go see. I don't remember, remember his name today. Um, but it's time to go see him, and you know what? It's it's the feast of Epiphany, and um, I'm going to go in. They they I'm, they always have you know services on the evening of the feast, and that's you know in those days they they did that. Um, they did it the, the correct way. Well, <laughs> on the no the evening of not the oh, evening okay. before. The oh, evening, okay. Now I know that the evening before is proper. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, oh, okay. got yeah. Got so I went into, I drove in for, to San Francisco to uh, for the services, and turned out that they didn't have services that night. So on January sixth of nineteen seventy two, I was in San Francisco in the evening, planning on going to church, and I realized, and the, and my church was closed, 
And I realized, you know, there's this church, there's this cathedral over here in San Francisco. I'm going to go there because it's Christmas Eve for the Russians. And I went to the nativity vigil at uh, St. John Maximovich's cathedral in, in San Francisco. Mm. And realized that I had to figure this out, mm. that something was going on. I, the best way I can describe it was I could feel uh, the presence of the saints in the icons. Mm. Yeah, and so I said, okay, I got to figure this out. You know, something's going on here. So it wasn't, uh, I'm getting the sense it wasn't so much a a dissatisfaction or a rejection of your, no, you know, no, your Episcopalian no, heritage, it wasn't just, just a, moving toward the fullness. Or exactly. A, yeah. there were, there, he was guiding me along, not by rejecting what was going on before. I mean, obviously yeah. I've rejected what, what you know, yeah, sure. what was there. Uh, but uh, it wasn't that at that point. You know, um, this was... It wasn't a crisis. A lot of, of the yeah. stuff that happened in the Episcopal Church that, that, that caused many people to leave hadn't happened yet. Mm. Yeah. You know, this was 1972. Women's ordination happened in 74, 75. Mm. You know, and then there was a lot of dissatisfaction and people started leaving. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't leave because of that. Mm. I left because... I didn't leave. I, I came. Yeah. I came to the Orthodox yeah. Church. I realized even at that point, I mean, here, you know, the service that I was in that night was entirely in Old Church Slavonic. Uh, you know, it was the bishop serving, beautiful choir upstairs. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures of, of, uh, of, of the cathedral. I, maybe maybe yeah. saw that. Yeah, um, from Joy the of All Who Sorrow Cathedral okay. in, in San Francisco, but the beautiful traditional iconography. All over the, they weren't all over the walls in those points. They were, they were just beginning. Oh. Um, um, but I said, this can't be just an ethnic thing. Mm. It's got to be more than that. And I, I knew that there was an, an English language mission at the OCA Cathedral, uh, uh, Holy Trinity Cathedral on Green Street in San Francisco. Mm. And the next Sunday I went there and uh, met Father Leonid Kishkovsky, who was the priest there. Um, and, uh, and like I said, Holy Saturday that year I was chrismated. Oh. Yeah, it was just like, God. yeah, exactly. Um, and one thing led to another, and you know, it's it's like because I picked up a little book mm -hmm. in in the bookstore in 1963. Here I am. Yeah. You know, it's just amazing. Curious, that book was it an actual like kind of a grammar or it was, was a you know learn conversation to learn thing. to read Russian or, okay. or learn to learn Russian or something yeah. like that. I remember. Yeah. I didn't, wasn't like sure wasn't like Dostoevsky or anything. No, 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 okay. no. It wasn't. I had I had no idea of Russian culture or of anything. You know, the Russians were the enemy. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know anything. It was funny um, when I decided to major in Russian. My mother was very concerned hmm. because she worked for the civil service. My father my father was an Air Force, um, uh, you know, non uh, non commissioned officer, uh, master sergeant. Um, my mother worked for the civil service. And she was afraid that I was going to do something that would dam would would like, endanger her job. The career, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. Tense times back then, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. They were. They were. Mm. So, uh, so I became Orthodox. That was in 1972, 1974. I packed up my stuff and moved to St. Vladimir Seminary. Okay. Um, with the intentions of going back. Uh, my senior year... Um, Decided to get married. I married the cook 
<laughs> good move. Yeah, good move. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I knew I was yeah. getting good food, if, yeah. if nothing else. Um, and but you know, it, it was it there was more to it than sure, that, obviously. Sure. Um, and uh, so I never we never went back. Hmm. You know, I mean, we went back to visit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I've been on the East Coast uh, since 1974. That's been my. So who would have been there at that time in terms of professors? Uh, any, any the names? greats. The greats. Oh yeah, Father Sh- Alexander Schmemann, Schmemann. Father John Meyendorf, okay. uh, uh, Serge Verhofskoy, uh, Father Tom Hopko, oh, yeah. um, and well, my godfather was uh, now Father John Erickson. Okay. It still is. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he uh, was my sponsor in, in the in the faith. Um, so yeah, it was it was you know, you got it, a good, it was got a good education. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and, and which kind of is, you know, looking back, I said, how did I wind up where I wound up? I don't know. You know, because that that, that wasn't just that wasn't the the end of the of uh, the miracle that that has been my life. You know, it's, mm-hmm. which we can you know we can talk about, but. Uh, it was it was it was a great time. Yeah, it's great. It's a great time, and and it's been interesting. Um, you know, uh, Father Alexander Schwimmen's uh, journals were published a few years ago, and it was kind of interesting to read through them and say, "I remember that." Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was there then. Wow. So you've we've talked a little, and the the state of Connecticut keeps coming up. Yeah. In, in your life, it seems like yeah, that's your yeah. that's your home <clears throat> home base. In many ways. Yeah. Um, as as I mentioned to you earlier, you know, my mother traced our family back, her family back, uh, to Fairfield, Connecticut, in 1750. Um, you know, um, my first parish was in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, my uh, was, well, it wasn't my first church. I was, or you know, um, well, we can get to the ordination part later, but uh, my first actual parish was there. Um, and then I went to New York and Philadelphia and, and then back to Connecticut for uh, 18 years. Mm. Wow. And then, then I retired September 1st, moved here October 1st uh, of last year, and here I am. To be close to your To be close to my, my, my kids. Family. Yeah, your kids, yeah. yeah. And how many? I have two children. Two, a daughter. I have a daughter um, who lives here in Sauterton. Um, I live I live a mile from here, uh, and my daughter lives a, a mile in the uh, on on the other side, uh, from here, mm. uh, you know, a mile from my place on the other side from here. And my my son lives in South Philadelphia, mm. so I right. came back to be with them. Their mother yeah. uh, died uh, a couple of, uh, just over a year, uh, in just before Thanksgiving in 2017, okay. and we decided that we needed to be together at that yeah. point. Yeah. Well, memory eternal. Sorry for your loss. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, what in terms of your ministry and you've been on the East Coast That's for the other miracle for most of your for most of your uh, priest uh, priestly all of life it. or all, all of it. it. Okay, all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I graduated from uh, Saint Latimer Seminary uh, in 1977. We got married in September of 1977. And I was ordained a deacon in St. Peter and Paul Day, June 29th of 1978. Shortly after that, um, I was at a some kind of reception or something at St. Vladimir's Seminary and was talking to Father Daniel Hubiak, who was the chancellor of the OCA at that point. And he said, you speak Russian, don't you? 
I said, well, yeah, kind of, you know. He says, I might have a job for you. And from that conversation, I, I became, at that point, assistant archivist of the Orthodox Church in America. Wow. You know, uh, many people kind of work toward the center. I started at the center and worked out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I began working. You know, I was directing choir at a small, very Russian parish uh, on Long Island, uh, Our Lady of Kazan in Seacliff. Again, Father Leonid Kishkovsky uh, moved from San Francisco to, to there. He's now the ecumenical officer of the OCA, okay. uh, which why he moved there. Um, so you know, we were living on Long Island. I uh, started working at the Chancery in the archives. Uh, they sent me to Washington, D.C. to learn how to be an archivist. And uh, so I, I was, while working there, I was ordained to the priesthood. Metropolitan Theodosius um, suggested that March 31st would be a good day of 1979 because that was the 100th anniversary of the death of St. Innocent of Alaska. Hmm. Uh, he says, wow. having the archivist, you know, on that day is a wonderful day. So on Sunday will be the 140th anniversary of his death. Oh, wow. <laughs> of St. Innocent's death. So uh, my, my actual first parish assignment was to St. Sergius. I was ordained in St. Sergius Chapel uh, in Syosset at the Chancellor of the OCA. Hmm. You know, that was because that was my first parish assignment. But it wasn't, you know, I wasn't there because it was a parish. It was because I was there because I was working there. They decided that, you know, for a small family at that point, I had, uh, my daughter had been born at that point, you know, that they couldn't really support us the way they needed to, so that's why I was sent, uh, given a parish in Stamford, Connecticut. It was close enough that I could commute a couple of times a week, you know, back to Syosset. Hmm. And so uh, I was at St. Mary's uh, Russian Church in Stamford, Connecticut for about two years, a um, year and a half, two years, a very short time, because suddenly I get a, another call from Father Hubiak, the Chancellor, saying, we have a situation that might be of interest to you because he wanted me to we all thought I should be a little closer but you know it was quite a drive from Stanford around to to Syosset on Long Island he said um, Father Tom Hopko is serving uh, St. Nicholas Albanian Orthodox Church in New York and St. Vladimir Seminary um, and he needs to spend more time at St. Vladimir Seminary so we were wondering if perhaps you'd like to share the pastorate there with him and move closer to the chancery I said, sure, absolutely. <laughs> sounds my like teacher, a, yeah, you know, I'm serving like with a my good teacher. Opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was, uh, so I moved, that's how I found the Albanian Archdiocese. I had, I had again, uh, Albania was this mystery place that, you know, yeah. I had no clue. <laughs> um, but I wound yeah. up there. And uh, I was there for five years. Two and a half with Father Tom. Um, and then two and a half without him. And then... Uh, you know, like I said, five years. Then we moved to Philadelphia here, and I was there for 13 years at St. John Chrysostom uh, in Center City, Philadelphia. Wow. Would that have been, uh, I'm not sure the size of that parish, would you have been the, the only pastor there? I've or would, always been the it, only pastor, okay. well, except, yeah, except for, for those Tom, two and a half Tom. years with Father Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was the only time that I've, there's, you know, um, I was considered myself his assistant. Mm -hmm. Somehow he... he we, he thought we were co-pastors, but yeah. you know, I knew better. <laughs> so 13 years in Philly. Right. 
And then and then back to and Connecticut. Then in 1999, that we, uh, yeah, 1999, um, moved to Connecticut. Um, it was a situation. Uh, I moved to Norwich, Connecticut, uh, St. Nicholas. I, I, Left the Albanian archdiocese, went to the back to the diocese of New England. Uh, their, their priest, um, Father Stephen Cosler, um, had basically dropped dead one night mm. uh, at the age of 33, wow. and they needed a, a priest. And I was looking for a, a parish, and I wound up there mm. for six years. I was there, mm. which is a very interesting uh, time. That's where I learned very well that I could deal with young people, children, because I wound up driving a school bus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, very small parish. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they uh, you know, I, I needed a part-time job. And so I drove, you know, and, but discovered that, you know, I didn't have to be afraid of even teenagers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's a good, that's yeah. a good word for me. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, some for for some people, teenagers can be frightening. Yeah. You know, but uh, I wound up actually enjoying my time with them, and I had one of the uh, toughest groups in town. But uh, we had a good time. Yeah. Um, and then um, after six years, uh, I moved to uh, uh, St. Mary's Church in Waterbury, Connecticut. Uh, again, Russian church. And uh, about three and a half years into that, I discovered that the priest at the Albanian church in Connecticut had retired, and the parish was open. And uh, it was like, so when are you going to reply? But the, the, the former priest, whom I know, I've known for years, looked at me and says, so are you going to St. To, to, to George? Without, when I hadn't even thought about it. Yeah. You know, but I wound up going. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 18 years that I'd been with the Albanians uh, up to that point, I had learned to appreciate and, and love their culture and, 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 and the people. Can you say a bit about that? I mean, I, I'm, I'm largely ignorant. Kind of, you know, help, help us understand what it means to be Albanian. Well, um, the Albanian people are, are very warm, hospitable. They, they, uh, it's hard to put into words. Um, you know, like what makes you fall in love with somebody? Hard yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh, it's just um, well, even the history, like the history of the well, the, uh, the, the, the Albanian, the, the, the Albanian people, yeah. as such, um, have had a long and very difficult history. They were, for most of their history, they were dominated by other, you know, they were occupied by other c- countries. Um, I mean, they were part of the of the business. Well, they were. The border between the Eastern and Western Roman empires went right through the middle of Albania. Mm. I mean, it was a province, the province of Illyria. Mm. Um, uh, It's mentioned in the Bible, by the way, believe it or not. Illyricum? Illyricum is, yeah. Uh, But also St. Paul preached in a town called Dirachium, which is modern-day Doris. Okay where I've served twice so far, and we'll oh. be serving again uh, at an orphanage in, in just outside right. of Paris in Albania. Right. Very nice. Beautiful town on the Adriatic. But mm-hmm. St. Paul preached there. Uh, so it's, you know, it's got a long history in, in the church. Apostolic Absolutely. church there. Yeah, yeah great. Um, but, but 
in more modern times, you know, where, where we have actual countries now, they've always, they were always occupied. Um, there was a brief period of, of independence, uh, which was proclaimed in 1912, and then, you know, which lasted, you know, through till, till World War II, and then they were occupied by Italians and Germans and, you know, and, and others, and they've had a rough history. Yeah. Um, Would some of that be being on the border yep. of Roman Catholic Orthodox kind of struggle? Right. Be uh, part of it? Probably. Okay. Uh, a lot of it, you know. And it, it, that border thing, uh, you know, northern Albania is historically Roman Catholic, and southern Albania is historically Orthodox. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, the... no, it's just north of, of Greece. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, so there's, you know, uh, there, there's that history. And then, Right, right now, you know, it's a it's a majority Muslim country, because you know the Turks invaded in, uh, uh, you know, in this 15th century, mm-hmm. and uh, you destroyed the Byzantine Empire and took over most of the you know, of the uh, of that region. Yeah, you know, Greece just you know, Greek Independence Day was was Sunday <laughs> or it was Monday. You know, the feast of, of the Annunciation uh, when they when Greece declared. In, uh, Gained independence from uh, from the Ottomans in 1821. Mm. You know, it was another hundred, almost a hundred years before the Albanians were able to do the same thing. Mm. Uh, like I said, 1912, November 28th, 1912. So the past century has been what a kind of relearning of. Well, again, that, uh, in World War II, Albania did not fare well mm. <laughs> because they were occupied. I had a parishioner here in Philadelphia who had uh, served in the Italian army in World War II, you know, yeah. against the United States. Yeah. Part of, part of the, uh, the, ax, the ax, Axis powers uh, and lost his arm in the war, in fact. Wow. But a very interesting man. So anyway, they've, you know, they, they've had a, a rough history. Uh, there was, uh, in terms of the church, they, they did have autocephaly in I don't remember exactly when, uh, 20s, 30s, before World War II, there was an autocephalous Orthodox Church in Albania. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the founder and, and uh, kind of inspiration for our archdiocese here in America, uh, Fan Noli, was primate of the Church of Albania for a while, mm-hmm. um, then came back to the United States during World War II. But um, after World War II, communism spread in the area. And... Albania was taken over by, by communists, and Ember Hoxha, who was the Communist Party boss, was probably one of the worst. Mm. You know, he greatly admired Joseph Stalin and all his tactics. Yeah. I came into the Albanian world, if you will, um, you know, like I said, about 1982. And uh, the word then was that in the middle of a uh, central committee meeting of the Communist Party, uh, Enver Hoxha stood up and shot one of his former deputies because he, you know, it's just right in the middle of the meeting. Wow. And then if, and the guy's picture was erased from all the history of the, yeah. you know, that's, that's the kind of guy he was. And he absolutely closed all houses of worship of any type, a Muslim, Catholic, Orthodox, Muslim or, or, or Christian, yeah. uh, were all closed. It was the on, only totally atheistic uh, state uh, wow. communist country in the world. 
And it's quite a distinction. Quite, <laughs> yeah, lovely distinction. Um, so, how did it come to be that there was there is an Albanian archdiocese in America? How, that happened long before. Okay, that started in 1908. Hmm. Um, and the the, uh, the the story goes that there was a a, a young man in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, um, who considered himself or in that area, uh, I should say, who was a, an Orthodox Christian and, um, and an Albanian patriot. And he died. I don't know exactly what happened. I don't remember that, but he died. And the local Greek priest said, well, if he's an Albanian patriot, he can't be Orthodox. Because exactly the politics behind that, I don't know. Um, but uh, the Albanian community, uh, Albanian Orthodox community in that area was just, now what do we do? How do we bury this guy? He, he refused the funeral. Um, so they sent to uh, then Archbishop Platon, um, the, the head of the Russian mission, uh, in, in, uh, who is in New York, um, and said, could you ordain somebody for us so that we can have, you know, so we can have a church, you know, because the other people won't serve us. And they sent Fadnoli uh, to New York, and he was or, uh, he was ordained a priest by uh, by uh, Saint Raphael. Hmm. Wow, very yeah. nice. <laughs> hmm. um, and that was the beginning of the of the Albanian Archdiocese, uh, uh, Orthodox Archdiocese in, in America, hmm. uh, which later came when, under the OCA. In, is that which right? Which in 1971 okay. joined the OCA. Okay, right. Oh, fascinating! Another piece yeah. in the piece in the puzzle Another of the Orthodox the yeah. history in America. Exactly. That's, that's great. Well, in terms of your own priesthood, is there any, I mean, anything you'd like to share? Some some highs, some lows, or what can we learn or benefit from from your <laughs> uh, from your long history of uh, priestly service? I think. Well, the, I've been in six parishes, um, and always have tried to serve the people. Never felt that I was doing it adequately, whether it's part of my makeup or whatever. It's just, it never, you know, I always could do better. Never felt adequate to the, to the thing. But uh, I would, my, my focus was always at least somehow on the people and their needs and what they, you know, and um, in spite of my inadequacies, that seems to have been a good focus, put it that way. You know, in spite of my adequacies, I found that people miss me when I'm gone. Or, and love me when I'm there. <laughs> don't, get, don't, don't get me wrong there. Yeah. You know, love yeah. me when I'm there. And yeah. uh, uh, more so in, 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 in recent years than in early years, you know, young, um, you know, uh, kind of. Impetuous, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, in in my later parish years, it was always difficult to leave, and people apparently have missed me. What you know? Um, I went back to my uh, my my parish here in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago for Sunday of Orthodoxy, um, and just the 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 smiles and the and, and the. Uh, you know, we miss you, we love you, please come back, you know, uh, was very, uh, I just, I don't know, why are they saying that to me? They should, they know me better, <laughs> you know, so um, I guess, you know, 
that somehow this was meant to be, that God brought me to this in spite of myself, not because of me. Or, yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. All I can say is there are many times that I've said, I should do something else. This isn't, you know, I'm, I'm not doing a good enough job. Um, I, I need to do something else. And I would look around and I'd say, there's nothing else I want to do. This is what I want to do. This is where I belong. So, you know, how does that work? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, God gave me certain gifts um, and they have, they have worked. He has worked through them, with, with them through me. You've cooperated. Yeah, you, I, I, you, I tried you, to cooperate. cooperate. I, I can't always say that I did it. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Is there a particular aspect of the priesthood that you, like... Uh, so to speak, your favorite or my, something? My, my, my first love is the liturgy. Mm. I love to, to serve the liturgy, the, the services of, of the church. That's, um, and I think that's the central, you know, that's the, that's the thing that only we can do. Yeah. And, you know, there's a reason that, you know, a, a priest or a deacon or a priest or a bishop are, are, are ordained at the altar because that's, that's their primary service. So that's always my first love. And then the, the love of the people grows out of that, bringing them to the table of the Lord, uh, bringing them to the kingdom, you know. Right. Being, beginning of every divine liturgy, we say, you know, blessed is the kingdom. We are on our road to, to sit with our Lord at his table in his kingdom, mm. um, bringing his, making his, his kingdom present uh, here in this world, at least, um, you know, until it's until it's consummation co consummated yeah. in its all its fullness at right. the end of time, uh, at the end of, at the end of the age. So uh, that's always been my. Uh, but I also I love I just I love to talk to people. I love to be with people, and so that has you know, and and I've also discovered that I know how to listen, which is very important for for uh, for anybody, but especially for a priest, being able to listen to people and their problems. I don't always have a solution, but I can listen. Yeah. You know, and all too often people have, or not too often, but yeah. quite frequently, people work out their own problems just by having somebody to listen to. Right, that's to them. listening is the solution. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Any, is there a particular challenge or difficulty that uh, to the priesthood? Or, I know there are many, but uh, one that... One of the hardest parts for me um, you know, I've always been in small parishes. It's been a, a, an eye-opener coming here, which is not a small parish. <laughs> um, I've been my own staff. You know, you know, you have a secretary here. You have, you know, pastoral assistants and people who, who are here on a regular basis. It's always been just me. If a letter got written, it got written by me. So my time is my own. My schedule is my own. And that's always been a challenge for me. You know, uh, how to organize my time or, or get things done that needed to be done. Uh, Self-discipline is a difficult yeah. task for me. I, it is for everybody. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not just saying this, that's about me. But, uh, and that's been one of my challenges. And, you know, as, as I got older, you know, I'll be 71 in, in June. That seems to have gotten a little bit more acute, at least for me. Mm which is one of the reasons, one of the other reasons I retired. You know, just coming to be with my family was one thing. 
not you know, feeling that um, I was slowing down a little bit uh, was the other one. Um, and getting out before the, before the people wanted me to get out. You know, it, it's always nice to, to leave when you're not, haven't been asked to yeah. leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I didn't want that to happen for them or for me because that can be de- devastating on both parts. Very painful. Well, we're, we're blessed to have, uh, to have you here. Uh, Thank you. Cer- certainly great to have your presence and the depth and, you know, of your experience. And uh, it's, a, it's a great, great blessing to us. Thank you. Is there any anything else you'd like to reflect on, or just uh, it's been a it's been an eye opening experience coming here to St. Philip's. You know, I, I didn't I didn't move here because of St. Philip's. I knew I knew the parish was here. Um, did you know Father Bonfist by I, any chance? Or? I didn't know him well, okay. but I had, we had met. Um, I had heard heard of him, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I was just a few minutes away, you know, twenty what forty minutes away. Um, you know, in, in my parish in Philadelphia. Um, um, but it's been an eye-opening, eye-opener coming here where um, I mentioned to somebody, you know, uh, the first Sunday that I was here, there was a memorial. Uh, and th- that first Sunday, uh, before the memorial, uh, Father uh, Noah dismissed the church school. And I'm watching this line of kids and teachers come by and realize that there were probably more kids in that church school than I had in my parish, than than I had people in my parish before. Yeah, you know, in many of my parishes, we're Uh, we're very blessed here. Yes, it's 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 an amazing place. Um, So you know, that's um, I've I really enjoy coming here. You know, I'm uh, learning uh, how things are done here. It's been a you know, again, liturgy is 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 not only my uh, joy uh, in the priesthood, but also it's it's a object of study for me. Uh, so to see, uh, you know, the, the of, a, a different way of the, doing things the uh, from Philip the inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's different, and, and I've enjoyed it very much. Yeah. and and wonderful people here, um, and connections. You know, some of the founders of this parish came from my former parish. Hmm. Uh, St. John's in, in, in Center City. Wow. Um, the brother of one of my par- parishioners from the Albanian Church in Connecticut is a parishioner here. Uh, you know, it's like We're all connections. connections. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's been a wonderful thing, too. Mm. So, Thank God. Thank God that we can have you here. It's, thank you. It's, a, again, a tremendous blessing. Uh, look forward to getting to know you more as you, thank you. Uh, over the next years and months and any reflection here where we find ourselves in the midst of Lent? Any words of encouragement or uh, pastoral advice as we you know, continue in Lent? Okay, I'll just say the, kind of my little sermon for today, yeah. <laughs> if you will. You know, um, I know I've known a lot of people over the years um, who have always uh, who have looked at Lent and fasting as a time of uh, punishment of 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 you know of giving up, you know that's that's the kind of our culture's idea of Lent. We give something up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always you know the the the, um, the liturgy, however, the texts of the liturgy, you know, let us begin the fast with joy. Yeah, you know, um, and I think that's something that we have to 
okay, how, how can I find joy in, in a vegan diet? Um, how can I find joy in going to church more often? Um, and that's, I think, one of the great challenges, but uh, one of the great blessings that we have, that there is joy there, you know, kind of detaching from, uh, from the, uh, the cares and concerns of the world is, is, I find, extremely joyful. I think since Lent began, I turned on my television once and just didn't feel right. Yeah. And, you know, I have actually read a book. Yeah. <laughs> I've read several books. Um, which is, you know, it's just like there's so there's time for so much more. Yeah, it's it's not easy, you know. We're getting to the point of Lent where, um, as I like to say, I, I want to eat something that I have to chew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, there's so so many blessings in 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 it, and the joy that that comes through the the the, the Lent leads to an incredible. Um, experience of, of Holy Week and Pascha that's just beyond belief right. that if you don't do it if you don't go through this uh, in that with that joyful spirit it doesn't mean half half right. as much as it as it should but you know the the I guess the the, the phrase that describes it all is something that we uh, sing every every Sunday um, you know as part of the hymn of the resurrection having beheld the res- resurrection of Christ you know Behold, through the cross, joy has come into all the world. Um, as Father Tom used to say, Father Tom Hopko used to say, you know, orthodoxy is paradoxy. Mm. You know, the, 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 the cross of our Lord, an instrument of, of death and destruction and, and punishment and, and terror, yeah. um, is a source of joy for the whole world. Tremendous mystery. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Father, for sitting down with us and uh, sharing your your story. Thank you for asking. No, great to, great to do it. Uh, yeah, look forward to many more opportunities to, to chat with you and uh, many more years to you, Father, Thank you. in your, Thank your you ministry and, uh, and to your family as well. Uh, uh, do you want to le- take us out with a blessing? It is true me to bless you, Theotokos, ever blessed and most pure and the mother of our God, more honorable than the cherubim and more glorious beyond compare than the seraphim. Without defilement, you gave birth to God the Word. Through Theotokos, we magnify you. Through the prayers of our Holy Fathers, O Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you.